Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. So tonight my, my title is going to be, Is Water Baptism Essential? Is Water Baptism? I, I know it's kind of a rhetorical question because we know it is. But, you know, I thought I'd ask the question to start off with, amen, and prove the case. Is water baptism essential? Now, the word essential means critical, must have, all important, required, and necessary. So, a steering wheel is essential in order to drive a car. Air conditioning is not. Amen. I want to prove that water baptism is like the steering wheel you got to have it. Amen. Amen. You got to do it. Now, some people say that water baptism is only a ceremonial thing. They say it's an outward sign of an inward experience. They say it's even good to do it. And many will even say it's important to do it. But they stop short of saying that it's essential to our salvation. In other words, if we don't do it, we won't go to heaven. That's what we're talking about tonight. Amen. And we need to let the Word of God speak for itself regarding this subject. Now, the Bible tells us that obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ is what saves us. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. So the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Salvation means I'm ready to meet the Lord. If I die or I fly or whatever. Uh, Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 15, he because we hear uh, read a lot about the gospel in the New Testament, but he defines the gospel. And this is where uh, baptism comes in. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, he said, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you stand, by which also you are saved. So the gospel saves us. For I delivered to you, first of all, now he's going to tell us what the gospel is, which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Amen. So the gospel is uh, defined the saving message for all people that's, that's we're uh, preached, See, we, we get it preached to us, we receive that preaching, we stand in that preaching, and we're saved by that gospel. So the gospel consists of three main things, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what does the gospel have to do with water baptism? Romans 6 verse 4, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So to be buried with Him is to be baptized in water. That's the correlation. So God let us know how essential water baptism is by making it part of the gospel plan of salvation that's preached. Amen. And uh, there's one verse in the book of Acts that pretty much... Uh, has this in a nutshell, this gospel plan, this three-pronged death, burial, and resurrection, 
And that's the very familiar verse in Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, in response to men and brethren, what shall we do? What, what are we supposed to do? Uh, you know, uh, we, we blew it. You know, how, how do we right this wrong and make it right with God? Then Peter answered that question by saying, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So this verse specifically instructs us how to obey the gospel plan of salvation. Death equals repentance. Burial equals baptism. Resurrection equals Holy Ghost baptism. Now, there, there's a verse, you know, we all know it. Most people know it by heart, like Acts 2.38, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, Right? And, and that verse is, is used a lot in, in many ways. And it's a powerful verse. It's awesome. Amen. But John 3.16 does not tell us how to be saved. Because it doesn't contain the gospel plan of salvation. It, tell us, it tells us we can be saved. And we can have everlasting life if we believe. Amen. But it doesn't go on to say, we, you know, and that's why one verse of Scripture, you can't just take one verse of Scripture uh, out and make a doctrine out of it or a belief. we got to have, you know, take two or three witnesses, take these Scriptures, they all go together, amen. We know that believing is more than just a mental thing. I believe something, so I do something. Amen. I could say all day long, I believe that I want to go to Texas right now. And visit somebody and get some barbecue. <laughs> Amen. But you can believe it all day long and you can say you believe it all day long. But until I make the reservation, I drive down, I get on the plane, I fly over to Texas, nothing's happening. So I can believe this and believe that. But if I say, well, I believe in God and I believe in the gospel. But have you obeyed the gospel? Have you actually done it? So that's where belief has to go into what we what we actually do. Amen. So when we truly believe, we will also obey the command of God to be baptized. Jesus said in some of his last words after he was resurrected and before his ascension to heaven, he said in Mark 16, verse 15, he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Amen. So notice, it's not just believe only. I believe and I go ahead and get baptized because of my belief. And notice he's tying this to the gospel. Preach the gospel to every creature, meaning every person. And part of the gospel is believing and being baptized. Amen. And I will be saved. So the word saved, when it's tied to something, we need to take, pay a good attention to that. Because that's very important. Amen. So isn't that the whole point of this whole thing, this whole uh, Christian walk and this, this life for God? Is it, is it not just to be saved? That's the bottom line, right? I mean, it's not to, you know, have a great church family, which is nice. It's not to come and before the pandemic and go have donuts in the morning, free donuts. And, you know, yeah, I just come to church for the free donuts and then I stay for the pre preaching. Yeah, it's fine. You know, it's not, it's not for all that, right? I mean, those are nice things. It's not for maybe some of the men's fellowship outings or the ladies do something or we do something as a church. We go do something or whatever and all that. All that's great. Amen. But the bottom line is our whole goal is to be saved 
and go to heaven. Amen. So I don't understand why it's so hard for some people. I've talked to so many people, and it's so hard for them to understand. Well, I just don't understand how baptism is essential. And I'm like, what? I mean, after I, you know, and I'm not even done yet, but if I go through this whole thing, and then they say, I just don't understand what you're saying. I'm like, are you, did you listen to anything I just said? You know, John 3, verse 3, Jesus said, uh, uh, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And you say, okay, what's born again? He, then he defines it. Verse 5, Jesus said, uh, answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, the kingdom of God is not heaven. The kingdom of God is the church. Because we got to get in the kingdom of God down here before we get in that kingdom up there. And to get in this kingdom down here, it's we believe and we obey the gospel. Then we become part of the kingdom, part of the body of Christ, part of the church. Not, not a church building, not a church organization, not, not just a membership and shake the hand, sign the card or whatever. No, it's, a, it's an organism worldwide, part of God's church. Amen. So he said, if you're not born again, you can't see the kingdom. You're on the outside looking in and you're scratching your head. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And then if you're not born of water and spirit, you can't enter into the kingdom. Now, I've, I've had some people tell me, oh, well, that's talking about when you're first born naturally, you know, you, you're, the, the mom's water breaks and you come out and you're born. And then later when you come to God, you're born of the spirit. No, because he said born again of water and spirit. I can use that same argument and say, yeah, when you're born uh, the first time, yeah, you're born of the water. You're, yeah, you come out, the water breaks, you come out, and then what's, what they do, they used to hang them upside down and swat them on the backside, right, to make them cry and make them sure that they, their lungs work good. And that's born of the spirit because you hear a sound when you know someone's alive and been born. Amen. There's your water and spirit first. And then born again of water and spirit, that's baptized in Jesus' name, filled with His Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God without being born again. That's essential. And being born again is defined water and spirit. Born of water equals water baptism. Now Peter said this in 1 Peter. He was talking about the days of Noah. And you know how when you read Genesis chapter 6, God was pretty much like done already. Six chapters. I know that was a, there was a lot of time that went by. So, but there was a lot of people, a lot of generations been born. But the people had really uh, got him, you know, upset about the situation. They were away from God. And he was ready to kind of like clean the slate and start over. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, right? Amen. So talking about those people... In that day, he said, these people were sometime which were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing. You know, that ark took, you know, decades to make. And all that time, people had a chance to change their mind. That, that was a grace period, I'll tell you, right there, while that ark was preparing. Because God waited in the days of Noah and the long-suffering of God while the ark was preparing, but it ended up being only eight souls getting on that boat. Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. That was it. That was, and then all the animals. And so he says, wherein, in verse 20, few, that is eight souls, 
We're saved by water. Isn't that an interesting way to phrase that? Saved by water? Water saves you? Amen. And then he said, the like figure, in other words, this is like something more important in the New Testament, the like figure whereunto even baptism does also now save us. Is that as plain as the nose on my face? Baptism saves us. It's not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. You know, it's not anything outward. It's not a ceremonial washing. Amen. It's an answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it clearly tells us not only that baptism saves us, but it's not an outward cleansing or washing. It's a powerful change to our actual conscience inside. Amen. So the essentiality of water baptism is directly tied to its purpose. Okay? So what is the purpose? Acts two, uh, according to Acts 2.38, which we read, the purpose of water baptism is for the remission of sins. Now the word remission, the same Greek word for remission, is often translated forgiveness in other parts of the New Testament. So those words are interchangeable. Remission of sins equals forgiveness of sins. So water baptism is essential because once we repent of our sins and get baptized, then our sins are forgiven and washed away. During Paul's conversion, Paul was recounting his conversion to either a king or a magistrate or somebody from the Roman Empire. He was telling his testimony. And in chapter 22 of Acts, uh, when he was talking... uh, Uh, about his testimony, somebody told him, he said, what are you waiting for? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So since water baptism is essential to our salvation, it must be administered exactly the way the Bible instructs us to do it. So I think so far, hopefully, I know I'm preaching to the choir here pretty much, but everybody can see how important and essential water baptism is. I don't know why anybody would want to do it. You, all you do is just get it, you know, get in some water and enough to cover yourself in, in Jesus' name. That's all, you know, yeah, I just don't see it. I, I oh, I don't know. Praise God. Um, that's a head scratcher for me. Praise God. So, so I think we've clearly established it's essential to salvation. So since it's, it's essential, we have to do it the Bible way so that it, it matters and it counts. Amen. You know, the, to baptize, it means to completely cover, to submerge, and to immerse. And we've already read that the burial of Jesus was symbolic of water baptism, right? And I don't know about you, but... I've never been to a graveside service where they just put the casket on top of the grass and threw a couple of dirt cloths and said, all right, let's go home and or go eat some food now. No, they lower them down six feet. They cover that casket with dirt until it's all the way under. Amen. It's a burial. It's a burial. So that is the method Part of the method. Amen. John 3, 23. And John, this is John the Baptist. Remember, he came baptizing first. And then Jesus took over after John 
uh, you know, passed off the scene. And John also was baptizing in Anon near to Salem because there was much water there. Got to have much water. Acts chapter 8, verse 38, the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip, you know, they're just, you know, Philip got on the chariot and they were just, you know, going down the road there. And, uh, the, you know, the, the, the eunuch said, whoa, hey, I see some water over there. And uh, they went down both into the water, Acts 8, 38, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water. So if you're going down in the water and out of the water, that's a lot of water. That's enough water. It's a burial. And we have even, I don't know, I mean, nowadays encyclopedias, I don't know, I mean, I know there's Wikipedia, and some people say you can't really trust that, and who knows what, but back when I was growing up, and maybe a lot of you, some of you have been around a while, you remember the door-to-door salesmen selling encyclopedias, World Book, Britannica, and they, they, you know, and you have to have, you know, a couple of dollies to pull it around, you know, you couldn't like be taking it around. And so, hey, whoa, I just bought A, and now when he comes back, I'm going to save up some money to get the B volume, and then, you know, in maybe a year or two, I'll have A through Z, and it'll be, you know, 50 books or whatever, you know, depending on how many are for each letter or whatever. I remember that. I mean, I remember door-to-door salesmen for Webster's Dictionaries, the big old ones that you could use for doorstops and stuff. <laughs> Amen. But Herzog Religious Encyclopedia said this, Baptism was always a burial. The command to baptize was a command to immerse. The World Book Encyclopedia said the early church practiced immersion or submerging under the water. It was changed later. It was changed later, but that's not what the Bible, we're not changing what the Bible says. So so we got the method on how to be baptized and then now, the, the last piece of the puzzle, the last part to make this valid and legal and, and binding with the Lord, amen, and be successful baptism is what is called over you while you're being buried in the water. So the name called over a person during baptism is crucial to the baptism being valid in God's eyes and accomplishing the purpose, remember the purpose, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Matthew 121, we, we read this like during the Christmas time, but he, he said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So the name Jesus has to do with saving their people from their sins. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. That's the only name recognized by heaven, it should be recognized under heaven, which we're under heaven here, amen, that we have to be saved. So that's, that's the name we use for baptism. Philippians 2, 9, Paul said, Therefore God has also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things, of those, uh, of those in heaven and those on earth, of those uh, under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So remission or forgiveness of sins always comes through the name of Jesus. Luke 24, 47, these are some last words of Jesus after his resurrection. 
uh, he said, and that repentance and remission of sins, two different things, because remission of sins, remember, doesn't happen at repentance. It happens at baptism. That's why people, you know, say, well, I, I repented, I believed, and I, I'm good. No, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Believe and be baptized, you shall be saved. Got to have both parts. Amen. And uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 43, through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. 1 John 2, 12, your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. In Jesus' name, baptism. Now, once the church started, and we, we know it started in Acts chapter 2, um, baptism was always performed in the name of Jesus. Amen. No one was ever baptized in any other way in the Bible. Nobody. Amen. I used to offer, this is back in 1982 when $500 was a lot more than it is now. Of course, you know, if I, if I saw $500 on the ground, I, I definitely would stop. You know, I mean, it's not like a penny. Like a penny right now, I don't want to hurt my back, you know, picking up a penny. But I used to offer a $500 reward for it. You could show me anybody, if it was baptized in the Bible, any other way than in Jesus' name. Oh, man, there were people like, man, I'm going home and I'm, I'm going to collect. Pretty soon, you better, better cough it up, buddy. And, you know, now it's like 40 years later and no one's had me cough anything up. <laughs> Amen. Because it's not in there. Amen. Praise God. So we already read Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Acts 8.16, in Jesus' name. Acts 10.48, in Jesus' name. Acts 19.5, in Jesus' name. Acts 22.16, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Now remember, we're buried with Him in baptism. He's the one who died, and He's the one who was buried. So if we're buried with Him, what was His name? Let me hear everybody. What was His name? Jesus. So if we're buried with Him in baptism, we're not buried with them, if there's a them or whatever. We're buried with Him. He's the one, amen, that we are having His name called over us. In His name, remission of sins comes. So the only appropriate and legal name to use in water baptism is Jesus is Jesus. Praise God. Not titles. You know that there's over a thousand titles of God in the Bible. And three of the main ones is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But there's a bunch of other ones. Amen. But those aren't names. Those are titles. Amen. Jesus is a name. Amen. Like my name is Randy Bradley. But I've got some titles. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a husband. And hopefully a good neighbor. Whatever. Amen. But if I write my check, father, son, husband, bouncy, bouncy, bounce. It's got to be Randy Bradley because that's my legal name. And if I'm baptized any other way but Jesus, then the, the, the blood's not coming and the sins aren't remitted. It's very important that we are immersed in water in Jesus' name. It's that important. Amen. Because we know it's essential, so we got to get it right. 
Hastings Dictionary of the Bible said it must be acknowledged that the threefold name of Matthew 28, 19 does not appear to have been used by the primitive church or the early church, but rather in the name of Jesus Christ or Lord Jesus. The Schaff Herzog Religious Encyclopedia said the New Testament knows only the baptism in the name of Jesus. Amen. So in conclusion, in conclusion, let's just summarize this tonight in three points. Number one, water baptism is absolutely essential to our salvation and is part of the gospel plan that has to be obeyed. Number two, the purpose of water baptism is to remit or forgive our sins. It's not an outward sign. It's not a ceremonial thing. Cleansing, no. It's, it's, it's literally to remit or forgive our sins. And number three, baptism, according to the Bible, is always performed by immersion in the name of Jesus. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.